We're live. It's happening. On July 4th. Happy birthday, America. Happy, well, it's kind of birthday. Listen. Because it was actually celebra- like July 2nd. Yeah, but if we can celebrate celebrate Christmas on December 25th, when they say Jesus was born in like May. Yeah. I yeah, think because that, the she- I think it was like March because the shepherds. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying like two days, not that bad. Agreed. Agreed. So you're saying America is better than Christianity. <laughs> Coming in hot. Coming in hot. <laughs> like Maverick oh flying onto a carrier. Just coming in hot. Yes. <laughs> Stuck it. Uh, permission to do a flyby, sir? <laughs> permission denied. Don't give a shit. Oh, man. I think that's probably the coolest Tom Cruise has ever been. I mean, it's appropriate that we talk about Tom Cruise's coolness on July 4th, so I'm good with this. Um, His absolute coolness. I don't know, man. Um, Risky Business, he was pretty cool. Um, Mission Impossibles, he was nah. really cool. I mean, cool. He, yeah, he was cool in Mission Impossible. He was very cool in Risky Business, but he was never cooler than he was when he was a Top Gun pilot. But not only just like a Top Gun pilot, but a real rogue, real renegade. You're reckless, Maverick. Yeah, nobody wants to fly with you, Maverick. You're too dangerous. That's right, Ice Man. <laughs> so if you guys can't tell already, we are going to just be talking about Top Gun on this podcast. <laughs> not today. Not today. I think you came up with the idea for yeah. today's content. Yeah. And that was kind of like, hey, let's let's talk about how great america really is yeah i think well i think i think it's appropriate today of all days yeah i mean even i can say it's important to celebrate america it is and i know that i told you to watch this but anybody who's listening should watch america the motion picture after they listen to this podcast it's on netflix it's hilarious like a spoof on the founding fathers and all that stuff and uh benedict arnold is a, a werewolf so it's pretty neat So, um, Brian and I were talking about this the other night. Yeah. I've gotten a whole lot of Brian time this weekend. It's been great. Yeah. I came we, to my dad's 60th on yeah. Friday. Thursday we podcasted. Yeah. Um, we had to podcast a day late because I was still kind of under the weather. I, you know, I, I wasn't like sick from my second vaccination. Mm-hmm. I, um, I was just definitely foggy and I was like, I'm going to be stumbling all over myself if I'm speaking into a mic and I am not doing that. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. I understand that. Um, and so it was Friday night. I actually think we came up with this idea Friday night, maybe Saturday morning. I think it was probably Friday night after your Uncle Jim and I were talking about all kinds of oh, it was, things, uh, podcast nature. Oh, yeah. It was quite <laughs> It was everyone's favorite part of the evening. It was it was good. You know, and the thing is, and, and I pointed this out to him, and because obviously sometimes people we'll be having a conversation and others around them might even be a little uncomfortable. They're like, are they like mad? And it's like he and I, or, or similar, similarly you and I, like Mm -hmm. we can have conversations and disagree, but we're going to have the conversations. And it's like, those are, I even said that to him. I'm like, these are the conversations everyone should be having. That's why we try and model a conversation. This is what makes America great is having these conversations. Um, And I think we're slowly, trying to avoid any confrontation in any capacity you know for whatever reason yeah. and it and it, it it takes away from like you know what makes us great yeah it's always good to make america great it's just when you try to make it great again <laughs> that it becomes an issue for most people <laughs> yeah or yes yes that's a good point nailed it nailed it <laughs> So um, I challenge, and actually, I, I actually have my wife to thank for part of this or most of this idea. Um, but I told Brian I wanted to do a podcast just for the fourth, something uh, somewhat more lighthearted, something fun. Uh, don't you worry for all the people who love hearing us uh, debate and commentate on policy and uh, our governing body. We will get back to that on Wednesday. Um, <laughs> But today I challenged Brian because this has come up a couple of times on the podcast 
um, and in my conversations with other people uh, around this beautiful country. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, I, I'm, I'm a very patriotic person, um, and I really do believe that America um, not only has the potential to be the best country in the world, but is top 10 in it for sure. Top five in it, maybe. Yeah, top five in it. That's fair. So I challenged Brian to come up with things that he loves about America. So at, at first, it's like, you know, what do I think I love about America? And I and I thought about it in a way of like, well, what makes America different? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know. Like I just said, oh, we have the freedom to have these discussions. Yeah. You do anywhere else in the world, really. I mean, yeah, not Russia, not China. But, I mean, if you're talking about the majority of countries, you probably can in the majority of countries. Are you talking about, like, free speech? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and democratically run nations are all over the world. Um, so I was like, okay, but I need to do it in a way that's not comparing Right, because I just want to celebrate what America is and can be. And the thing I came up with is I want to enact a lot of change. For sure. Right? Yeah. I want to see so much improvement. And I look at it as like um like if I was a teacher and I had a struggling student but I really cared about them, right. I'm not gonna just let them do whatever the fuck they want. No, I'm going to help them. I'm going to tell them, like, here's what you need to do and, and just hope that they will they will follow through on that. And I think what to me I love most about America is the mechanisms are there. OK, for change. Yeah. So in politics and as much as I like to blast American politics and, and say, like, you know, I, I get very pessimistic about it. If, you know. As it stands, the mechanism itself is is you know it's operating for change, right? It it's very simple to to make change. It's just do you vote the right people in to make those changes? Do you vote enough people in, and all that? Um, and then we have the resources for change. Okay. So what I what I love most about this country is that we are ripe for change. Mm-hmm. Right. And I love that. I think we're going to see a lot of changes in in our lifetime, Kev. And, you know, every single person that's been an American can say, I've seen so much change. Yeah. There's so much that has had to change in America, whether it's, you know, voting rights for women, slavery, slavery, uh, civil rights, voting rights, um, LGBT rights, all of these different things we needed those change in every single generation can see can say like oh my god i've seen so much change you know uh turn of turn of the the century the 20th century and in you know labor revolutions and stuff like that and you know i mean we're taking a day off you know as a weekend but also a holiday a lot of people get this off because of unions and stuff like that so the the mechanism of change is there and i think we're like poised for another massive change and uh, I'm very hopeful about that, and that's what I love about America. Nailed it. What about you? Um, <clears throat> I think there's a lot of things, and I think that it kind of falls in line with what you just said there. And I think that the key word for me is like opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, because not only do we have the resources for things mm-hmm. or to make a change, um, we also have the opportunity for it as well. Um and I slightly disagree with what you said about people being able to have these conversations all over the place. I think that it's, I think you're, you're mostly right in the fact that I think that, um, you know, there are a lot of nations out there where there are free speech laws. Um, but I think that there's a lot of them that don't have that same, uh, oh, opportunity yeah. as I was well. just saying the majority. So yeah, and I, 50%, yeah. 51% would be the yeah. majority. Yeah. I mean, there are, well, Never mind. I'm not gonna like, don't. There's no. Yeah. Go, there's no googling allowed on this podcast. Not today. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I think that there's there's a lot of opportunity in this country. I, I think that opportunity has changed over the years. I think that, um, and I'm saying this as a millennial. I, I, we are millennials, right? 
Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Nailed it. We're elder. We're called elder millennials. I am. Oh. I am at the very edge. They say like 85, 86. Some people slide in like 84, but 85, 86 was what was quoted as like the top range. So, so then, I'm like, a, I'm a middle aged millennial. <laughs> I think you're. I think you're. Because uh, I'm 87. Right. Oh, so then you're elder millennial. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I would say like you're basically we're very similar. In, and what we grew up with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that there's something that kind of gets missed um, or maybe like especially talked down about when it comes to like maybe perhaps like some boomers um, or what was that, what was that after the boomers, Gen uh, X? Gen X. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they, they have the mentality that Brian hates, which is pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. Um, and so I think that they, they, they feel as though millennials have it so easy. But I think that there's a lot of things that kind of weigh on millennials and that will weigh on Gen Z when they start getting a little bit older. And now there's Generation Alpha as well. Ooh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's what Ben is. I think that's what Nora, Nora is too. Dang. Generation Alpha. I think they're going to be the most prosperous. You think so? Yeah, because I think they're being... So to go off of that... No, yeah. Um, the boomer generation, like, and you're right, they have them there, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. But I think, and I think they were able to do that because they weren't, they did, they had everything handed to them. The boomers. Yeah. From the greatest generation, the world war two generation. Oh yeah. There was a lot of money going around then. Tons of money. Yeah. And like, and even going into the nineties too, like when our parents were starting to raise us, you know what I mean? Like, I think that there was a lot, it was a lot, I'm not going to say easier, but it, you had a, a higher chance of like not having a high school or not having a, a you know a um, college degree and still, you know, making your way up in the world. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's like where everybody tells you to go to school, and then you have all these kids with crippling student debt. Yeah, the boomers that can't were, buy houses. The boomers were forty six to sixty four, so it was the okay. babies that were made by World War Two vets, essentially. Mm. Not only, but the the World War II uh, veterans coming back in 45, you know, starting up families and stuff like that. That's where we have the the baby boomers. Interesting. Yeah. So that boomer generation was basically handed so much to them. And they've been able to kind of, uh, I, I don't want to say manipulate, but as a generation, they've been able to... Um, kind of hoard the wealth, <laughs> like like smog the dragon. Yeah. No, I would agree with that yeah. 100%. Yeah. You know, that kind of raises another question for me, though. Okay. So, because <clears throat> you said it's the greatest generation. What do you think the tru- truly the greatest generation is? <sighs> Obviously the millennial. You think so, really? No. So, <laughs> so <laughs> no, I, I, think, um, I think the next generation is always the best. Really? So I'm thinking of it this way. I think there's frustrations with even myself with like boomers and how they've, you know, stacked the cards with Wall Street and education and all these different things, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there was this idea of how do we continue the the growth of, of uh, richness in America, which, you know, leads to a lot of people being very competitive, which can lead to innovation. Um, but I think our generation has learned a lot from that, and we're looking at the repercussions. And this is very cyclical. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, you had the same thing happen in, you know, the early 1900s and then the 20s, right? right? So so you had these massive innovations in the 1900s, and then, the, like, the next generation, per se, 20 years later, they were just, like, living large off of that right. stuff. And then we had the Great Depression, which led to the greatest generation. And I think we're, we're seeing a very similar thing with, with the millennials is like we've learned from the baby boomer, boomers and we're trying to be innovative, but I think we're being innovative differently. And it's not in an economic fashion. I think it's an understanding like um, some of the futility and always aspiring for economic goals. Like we, we're, our generation is fighting for like climate change. We're fighting for work-life balance. We're fighting for the opportunity to live life and travel in RVs and, and set up mobile hotspots in your RV so you can live in an RV and travel the country and, and appreciate that. And I think Alpha, which I think, you know, I said the next generation is always going to be best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think alpha who is being raised by millennials essentially is going to have this combination of innovation, um, but also empathy that was kind of lost. And I think they're going to also be on the cusp of any technology. So it's like, they're going to be the next great generation. Gosh, do you see the twinkle in my eye right now? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why are you twinkling? Your I eyes just at like, me? <laughs> I think we've spent too much time this weekend together. <laughs> um, oh my God. So I, I really like that outlook. That's probably that's probably the most optimistic you've ever been on this podcast. I, I and always, it's all thanks to our nation. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you know I am so optimistic of humanity. Yeah, and that's an interesting thought too because um, you look at like um, so you look at like that that generation that fought World War II. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. They had to go through a whole bunch of stuff and they were fighting to do a whole lot of things, not only fighting wars, but they were coming out of a depression. You know what I mean? So like they were like, in my opinion, those people were like, were just like, you know, they had true grit. They were tough as nails Mm -hmm. and they had to be Mm -hmm. because of the environment that they were in. Yes. Okay. I do agree with what you said too about like, you know, stacking up all the wealth for themselves. But what's interesting about that is because they did stack up that wealth for themselves, their children had a different life than they did, mm-hmm. and they were able to go on and, and, you know, do things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And now, like with our parents, you know what I mean, raising us through the 90s, um, when, again, in the 90s, money was pretty good for everybody. Mm-hmm. 90 was 90, The 90s were a great time for innovation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and our parents, because of what our parents did for us then, we were able to kind of think a more, little bit more globally uh, be more, a little bit, maybe more in tune yeah. with our emotions and like yeah. the emotions of others as well. Yeah. Um, I just think that's a, I really like your, uh, generation alpha. Uh, I, I just think they're and and I see the way I see the way they interact mm-hmm. with one another. Yeah. And like, I, 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 this is any two kids you put together without any influence from their parents or whatever. Right. And you go tell them to play on a playground. Yeah. They're not going to be racist. They're not going to be bigoted. No. They're they're going to have conflict resolution where, you know, um, hopefully the one thing that their parents would influence is like, okay, you made someone else cry. So yeah. you should feel bad and say sorry. And so you might have to step in in general. But there's not that initial stereotyping prejudice yeah. that happens and I think our generation is recognizing that as much as the baby boomers and, and media like to play, oh, don't be so woke, don't be so politically correct. Mm-hmm. Political correctness is accountability. It's saying this offends someone, and I we just need to acknowledge that. I need to I need to understand how someone is feeling. I need to understand why the Washington Redskins should change their name because the Native Americans are offended by that. It is a slur. Yeah. And for years, they were allowed to get away with it because they were the NFL. And Chicago knack, knocked it out of the park with their hockey team, though. <laughs> yeah. Blackhawks is cool. Yeah. So, so when you get rid of the, like, when you get those things handled, and I know, like, the Tucker Carlson's and the boomer generation gets really pissy about, like, political correctness and and i think sometimes we go way too far i'll i'll be the first to admit that no 100 percent. but when but when we're actually being truly respectful of one another and identifying like saying hey someone doesn't like their pronouns is he she he he or he him she her they like they them like okay like what's the difference it doesn't harm me to say and acknowledge they have different pronouns. Well, it's okay to think something is silly. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, I, I think that there's a level of respect. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, if somebody wants to be called that, I, I, have, I have no problem doing it, despite, like, what feelings I may have, which I really don't have right. any feelings right. about it at all. But I'm just saying, um, it's totally doable. <clears throat> so what I'm saying is this, is we're becoming more awakened by empathy, and, and I, we always joke about, like, I always say, lead with empathy. Yeah. I think we're teaching Generation Alpha to do that. And that's going to build community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it'll be the best of community. Yeah. Right? Not, not like uh, Facebook, where it's like, oh, community. But then somehow we're like, 
being taken down wormholes of algorithms right. and com- yeah. combative and all that instead of having just fruitful discussions and confrontations. I think I think Facebook has probably done more harm than good. Yeah, we we were talking and about I, <clears throat> uh, at at work we do like a like a lunch question. Yeah. And we were asking like what piece of technology has done more more harm than good as it was designed to. And someone did say social media. Yeah, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, I said the cotton gin. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I mean, it's true. It like really ramped up production, but then totally, like almost exponentially increased slavery. <laughs> so I thought it was the worst. And like leave it to you to come up with something from like 100 years ago. <laughs> Two, yeah, it was like 18... 18- 1850 something oh geez 200 years ago yeah. so so yeah people are like oh i don't know social media smartphones sounds like the cotton gin <laughs> <laughs> but the question was what was the most destructive technology i was like that's way more destructive than even social media but yeah. you're nor there we'll say in current history oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that with um as the years go on and now like with us millennials as, as parents, do you think that the world or like, you know, human beings are becoming, I don't, I'm trying to find a way to say it. Oh, actually I don't, I don't care. Never mind. Um, <laughs> do you think that people are becoming less, um, less tough? And I'm talking. Yes. Yeah. Like, so I think, I think people are still, I think I mean now everybody can be you know what I mean because so, I, I think I, everyone's going to be just as gritty. I think people are going to be able to work long hours, do whatever they need to do to make ends meet. Yeah, I think the whole tough, gruff like oh yeah, just figure it out and like all that shit or like rub some dirt on it. It's oh, like, I don't don't get rid of that because I do love. Well, rub here's some the dirt thing. Here's the thing, and I know it's a cliche, but it's a dumb fucking cliche. I understand that, right? I like, still love it, but people like actually lived by that they yeah. would oh, rub yeah. dirt on it yeah and like oh it stopped it bleeding and then we now know that's no that's infection. stupid it's an infection yeah, yeah, yeah. let it go long enough and you're yeah. amputating i'm more of a i've been watching a lot of Grey's anatomy <laughs> <laughs> i've watched oh, like 15 yeah. hours this i picked i picked brian up this morning to go disc golf with um, a couple of my brothers <laughs> And he just get, he gets in the car and we're talking. He's like, "Yeah, I meant to go to bed at nine o'clock last night. Then I stayed up until three a.m. watching Grey's Anatomy." <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to the podcast community. It was four. It was four a.m. Oh Jesus! You lied so to bad. me. Well, I didn't I want you to think even less of me. I, I, three a.m. was pretty far, and I didn't I didn't really look at the clock. I think no. I looked at it until I think I looked last. Yeah, but I was like doing some other things. It's the same thing like, like when you're, yeah, it's the same so, thing when you're playing video games. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And I don't get a chance to play video games, so, but I like I literally have to set an alarm on my yeah. phone cuz I'm in a dark basement when I play my video games anyways, so it's like I don't even fucking know what time yeah. it is. I feel like I'm in a casino in Vegas. <laughs> Just pumping oxygen <laughs> in the AC vents. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I watched The Sandlot last night. Yeah, but I wasn't saying, yeah, I wasn't That's an that. American movie. Oh right man. There. And you know what? I, I just felt great because I, I mean, I've seen that movie so many times, but sure. I always forget about, I always forget the fact that it's the 4th of July when they go to the uh, the carnival. Yeah. And, and they play the night game. Yeah. And the fireworks. Yeah. Yeah. They, and they do chew. Yeah. What do they call it in there? Uh, Big Red. No, no, no. But they call it. Chaw. 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 Yeah. I fucking love that movie. But no, I just felt even more patriotic as I watched that. Oh, yeah. That's, see. See, here's the thing about like patriotism. I feel like I'm very patriotic. Okay. In the sense that I, so like people, I say, oh, you care way too much about politics, and it's like, yeah, because I I care about my country, and I see a lot that I don't like, mm-hmm. and like I have conversations with people because I hope that maybe they'll they'll side with me at one point, but also like I just want them to have those conversations and feel good about where this country right. is at. And if they're, if it's not where they want it to be, then enact change. And I, 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 I look at this country and I'm like, I, I love what it's given me and I mm-hmm. wanted to give the same to everyone. Yeah. That's what I want. That And that's when you were talking about that earlier too, like, um, you know, having the resources for, for change and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Like, mm-hmm. 
Um, I think that that's very true. Um, and that it also kind of plays to the point as well about social media. I think social media has also helped to divide us. Um, but I, I think there's so many factors because I, I, again, if we have the opportunity for it, we have the resources for it. Why haven't we changed? And I think the, the, probably the most probable answer to that is, um, the people at the top don't want it to change. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's, it's always annoying when I listen to the Breaking Points podcast, which is uh, Crystal and Sagar, um, or Sagar, that um, left the hill and now have their own thing. Um, he uh, They have like a little intro that they play, and they're talking about how they need help for the podcast, uh, you know what I mean, because they took a big risk going independent. Um, but they say, he has a line where he says, um, help, us, help us fight the corrupt uh, something or something elite. Um, but it's so true. You know what I mean? It's those people at the very, very top, you know, and in, in a lot of the cases it's politicians, but you know, also, you know, big pharma, Mm -hmm. um, big businesses, things like that, the oil industry. Um, I think that they just, speaking of the oil industry, have you seen the Gulf of Mexico? No, there's a huge spill and like the ocean is on fire. Literally. Jesus. The ocean is on fire. Fuck you. Oil companies. Unbelievable. There goes, Anyways. Our, there goes our big oil sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you hoping for? I was hoping for Shell. <laughs> There's one right down the street. I would love to discount. <laughs> uh, it would probably only cost them like a case of bangs a week. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm a cheap, I'm a cheap whore of a podcaster. <laughs> oh my god. Um, gosh, what do you think we could do to to? Because I, I always had a joke in the past that I would say, you know, when people would, then this is this is pre-Brian, Kevin-style conversations, when I, I actually almost actively uh, avoided conversation about politics. Did you really? Yeah, because I... See, I, I have so, a hard time believing that. You were so open. When you and I first started talking politics, it was like an immediately, like just fall into real conversation yeah well no it's just because i looked into your eyes and i got so lost in them and i wanted to stay lost there forever so i said i'd talk about whatever he wants (laughs) (laughs) fucking a bubba oh (laughs) my god no like i i here's the thing i felt comfortable talking to you about it Mm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and i didn't always feel that way because um you know, you and I disagree on things, but I never feel weird telling talking to you about something that I disagree with you about. And yeah. now nowadays, like I'm completely open with anybody, anybody who wants to talk, even people that uh, listen to the podcast and also frequent, you know, the restaurant that I work at, like I'll even talk with them about it comfortably. Obviously, I don't uh, I don't necessarily pull my punches, but I don't go as in depth or if I disagree with them, I, I'm not going to like pick a fight in the middle of my shift. Yeah, um, that, that would be wise. Yeah, but that's really cool. I'm glad you but, um, take that approach. Ah, shit, now where was I going with this? I was too busy talking about looking into your eyes. No, you talked about how you used to be more reluctant to have conversations. Oh, yeah, about politics. Yeah. Um, yeah, just because like I, I, I was nervous to um, to go down that rabbit hole with them because I didn't know how they would react or how it would you know impact our friendship or whatever we had. Um, but I, I, I had a joke. This is where I was going. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always had something that I would, you know, my, my little witty two cents that I try to throw in all the time. Um, I would always say, they'd say like, well, what do you think we need to do to make America better? And I said, I think it's easy. I said, I think we need to have a fire sale in Washington, D.C. I said, we get rid of everybody who's in office right now. They all, every one of them, out, mm-hmm. out, 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 out. So that there's no more old money in politics. Mm-hmm. And then we hold, we, we rehold elections when they have to campaign the way they used to, where they have to fucking take a train down the U.S. Mm. Yeah. Public transit only. Yeah. Yeah, and they have to preach off the, actually off the train platform. And no one's allowed, <laughs> to, cool. no one's allowed to donate money. All campaign, anybody campaigning, I mean, they're, they're taken care of as far as like their transportation is going to be taken care of because they're on a fucking train together. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and they get like food and water. So, so it's very interesting you say that. Um, it's public, public funded um, campaigns is is a real thing. Uh, it's something that's even been rumored in current Washington, just because it's gotten so out of hand. I mean, you're talking about billions of dollars being spent on campaigns every year. Yeah, that's and it's if you think about it, and they have to. Mm-hmm. 
even the most idealistic AOC, Bernie, whomever you may like on the way left, it doesn't matter how idealistic they are. <clears throat> you just can't win unless you do spend money. You don't have to spend a lot. Uh, right. Or you don't have to spend as much as your opponent if you have the great message and already a great backing. But you still have to spend money. And that's the way the, the machine operates now. But the amount of money that these people claiming I'm here for my constituents, the amount they spend on their own campaign and their own power, yeah, is very, very distasteful to me. Like it's so hypocritical. It's it's very similar for me with and and this is a major digression, but like, you know, the, one of the reasons churches had tax breaks in America is they were like a social community yeah they they provided housing and and food for the homeless which is huge which they no longer really do as much Mm -hmm. because you know i understand you know security and privacy and stuff like that they lock the doors at the end of the night and at the end of the yeah wasn't there a time when like church doors were always they were open 24 7 and that was why they got those tax breaks right because anyone could go there and like it was a home yeah. Like if they needed it. Yeah. Right? In any instance, like you could go there and <clears throat> that we've moved away from that. So it's a very similar thing with, with politics is we've moved so far away from like what the donations were meant and we're yeah. moving away from the purpose that like, okay, we'll fix it. Just fix it. And that's get the money out of it. Yeah. I agree. And you know what? I, I thought about that today too, actually. So when I rolled up to pick you up today, I was listening to a podcast and it, the, the individual was interviewing um, uh, Brett Weinstein. He's an evolutionary biologist and um, Dr. Pierre Corey. They're both like, you know, leading people in like virology. Um, and they were just talking about how um, early on when COVID hit, um, they had a drug that was readily available. The copyright was gone on it, uh, or the patent rather was gone on it. So it was very cheap to make, very cheap to get. And a couple of other medications that were like, you know, they were done, done in smaller batch studies, um, you know, because they didn't necessarily have the funding, but in all of these studies, it like prevented COVID almost, mm. almost entirely. Interesting. So they, again, they didn't have the money to do big scale, you know, testing on it, right. but in several studies, it, it worked for pre- not only preventative, but also for treatment. Um, but it was kind of like shut down. And in fact, the, the Dr. Pierre Corey has a, a, a podcast with his wife and, um, they got demonetized by YouTube. They have strikes against them on YouTube because they were discussing different treatments for COVID. And so they called it misinformation. But I mean, again, I haven't listened to them. I don't know what they said, but in this podcast, they were saying basically that they were just kind of going over the science. They were, and they, they even said in it, you know, this is just our theory. We've been wrong before, you know, we're not, you know, there's a, you know, a, a chance that we're not right, but this is what, you know, based on our studies, based on our research we've found, but they basically didn't use this drug because of the fact that it was cheap. Mm-hmm. And so it was like this big, big pharma I don't want to say conspiracy, but um, situation. Yeah, that's very interesting, and and this is this is the major issue with the idealization of America. Is like, oh, America is great, and it can be, but like, there's just so much money involved. I mean, obviously, you know, our GDP is seven trillion more than China, which has three times the population that America does. So obviously we're very, very productive with, with what we have, but there's so much money in politics and religion and education, prison systems, the military, there's so much money involved that we, 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 we see these corruptive entities pop up and arise in these scenarios where is what's being done, what is best for the American people? And the answer is probably not. And that's something with government, with all the things I just mentioned, with all of those entities, we really have to remove the profitability aspect of all those things. Now, if you're a private company creating some sort of technology of, you know, oh, this new operating system or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of 
Linux or Microsoft, you're, you're Snoopy and you come up with this new operating system, Snoopy. And all of a sudden it becomes the rage. It is the most intuitive operating system. Let's say you can control it with your mind, right? Like, yeah. Oh, it's this new technology. Everyone wants it. Neuralink. Yeah. Like, great. Like, You've you've created something that everyone wants. Make your money, great. Mm-hmm. Um, but the mo- the moment it becomes the utility, the thing that everyone needs, mm-hmm. you have to have government involvement. And that's something we're seeing with big tech, right? There's not enough involvement uh, from the government in big tech. It's very it's akin to the 1900s industrial revolution, where we're in this like everyone's throwing this term around late stage capitalism where it's like we're in this abuse of the capitalist tendencies yeah. as we've like limited big government more and more and allowed tech companies to become, you know, we have the, instead of the Carnegie's and Rockefeller's, we have the Musk's and the Bezos's, right? So we're at the same stage of the early 1900s. Yeah. And it's like... And the Zuckerberg's. Yeah, and, the- and, and it's like, what is America going to do? And I think, and this is why I said we're ripe for change. Millennials only control 4% of the wealth in this country. Half of that is owned by one man that is a millennial. That's Mark Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. 2.4% of the millennial wealth is owned by Mark Zuckerberg. And at the same stage, I think when boomers were our age, they had like 20%. It was or 25% yeah, or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. So we're seeing this incredible wealth gap that needs to change. Now, how we go about changing it, I don't know. But it makes me very excited because we're going to have to make change. And I was talking about this with your Uncle Jim. Like, we're at a wealth gap that hasn't been seen since the French Revolution. And heads rolled. And I don't think we should ever get to that point. No. But change has to happen. Because I can tell you this much, we're way better than France. (laughs) Well, with that in mind, I think change has to happen. And who's going to be watching that change? Generation Alpha. Fucking A, Bubba. Yeah. Wow. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, and you know what? You were brought up uh, the government having to kind of uh, monitor the tech sector. And I, I, I'm normally like somewhat against like mm-hmm. heavy government involvement. Mm-hmm. Um, but Do you know I, why you're against heavy government involvement? Why? Because I hate the government. No, it's for a good reason. Because when there are many instances you can point to where the government has just fucked up. Oh, for sure. Right? It was was like that TikTok I sent you with the Sesame Street of politics. Oh, that was so... I I literally laughed out loud. Democrats are Grover. Like, they have the right idea. They just fuck it up. Like, (laughs) yeah. And like, there's all these different other instances. But even whether it's Democrat-controlled, Republican-controlled, and obviously there were flip-flops of what each party meant in in history. So it's not about the party. It's about the powers that be in Mm. government. And there's been so many corruptive issues in the past. Some things we knew about. Some things we don't. Some things we're still learning about. Right, we're still learning about like the effects of you know Reaganomics. We're still learning about you know the stuff that just became made available to us through the Freedom of Information Act in the '60s, like right the uh, you know um, the installments of different South American countries and you know uh, the ousting of of certain revolutionaries, et cetera, yeah, or attempts to. So, I mean, we're still learning about about so much with it. Yeah. but no, where I was going with that though was um, the one one place where I would like government involvement is in tech. Yeah, because I don't want cybernet happening. The, <laughs> the government, and and if we're going to be idealists, like we vote the people we want in who have our back, and that's why it's so important to get money in, out of it because people that will say anything to your face and then do it what is best for them are going to do that for the money. They're not going to do that unless it's like benefiting them somehow. So if you take and remove that benefit out of it, whether it's, you know, removing citizens United or otherwise, if you can get rid of that, you can have people that are really going into it for the right reasons. Like, you know, $180,000 or $200,000 a year is a very good salary. Oh, like, sick. So yeah. people should aspire to make good money in politics, but not to the point where 
your Mitch McConnell, who was relatively broke when he was young and now worth he has a net worth of over $36 million. That's not what he has like moving all the time. He has a net worth just sitting there, $36 million in assets for, against his liability. So, I mean, that's a lot of money he just made. Oh, and yeah. it wasn't like, oh, I was a very fruitful investor. I was an angel investor in Apple. Like, no. He yeah. was manipulating his power in order to accumulate more wealth. That needs to go away. Yeah. If we had people, different sides of the argument, you know, um, you know, uh, pro-choice people versus, you know, anti-abortion people. Like if you had them on both sides, fine, go have your fights. But if, you know, if you're removing the money out of it, at least you're doing what your constituents ask of you. Correct. Yeah. And they give then a shit could, about what exactly. they, what you, what you say. That, that way you're fighting for the people and yes. not for the companies that gave you money to go campaign. Exactly. I agree. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea, and it's a, it's a double-edged sword because me as an individual, if I really support somebody, I'll bring up Tulsi Gabbard because I haven't yeah, talked about her great. in a long time. Like, I donated to her campaign. That's awesome. You know what I mean? And well, I, It's not like I donated a lot because no, I don't have a lot to bucks. give. No, even five bucks. It goes the distance. But, um, and it's and a tax I, write I liked the fact that I could, mm-hmm. um, I, that I could do that. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you know... Where do you draw the line? Can us as individuals I think, donate to I a think campaign? I think individuals should up to a certain amount. Okay. Um, I think I think it's very hard to limit what um, what comes in. Yeah. But you can limit what goes out because now you're limiting the politician themselves. I say you can spend, we'll say just a random number. You can spend fifty thousand dollars on your campaign. Period. Doesn't matter how much fucking comes in, right? Mm-hmm. So like, it doesn't matter. George Soros donates so much to Democrats. The one Koch brother that's still alive somehow, you know, <laughs> donates to the Republicans. Like, okay, but like they donate fifty thousand dollars to this candidate. Okay, well th- then they're set. Like they can't go yeah further. And then it kind of removes that that purpose to like, cut like cater to those individuals because fifty thousand dollars like you can raise that pretty easily especially if you're you know connecting with your audience absolutely obviously we don't we've never raised fifty thousand dollars but if you help us raise fifty thousand (laughs) dollars brian and kevin are going to washington yeah i really want to do that (laughs) so like you have this message that connects to people instead of what connects to corporations and i think that's that's how we fix all of this yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Since it's July 4th. Yeah. What's your favorite barbecue dish? Oh, God. I didn't know you were going to drop some heat on me. I mean, I, my favorite barbecue dish is whiskey in a glass. <laughs> I, I was like, that's not a dish. I'm like, well, technically, I do the dishes and it's a glass and it goes in the dishwasher. Um, so, gosh. Are we talking like barbecue as far as like smoked General, meats not, or like not 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 necessarily no it can be it can be it could be cornbread it could be anything okay anything you would find at a at a barbecue yeah that isn't like oh my mom's this or my dad's this or my uncle's that it's like just a general item like ribs yeah or I was literally just gonna say burgers yeah. or hot ribs. dogs ribs. ribs I mean hot dogs is probably a close second I I I eat red meat. It's not like my favorite, so like I mean, I, I like initially I wanted to go with like burger because like mm-hmm. I, what the fuck beats a good cheeseburger? Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of ribs? Like, are you talking short ribs or are you just talking about like baby a half back. rack? Kinda? Baby back, yeah. Okay. And don't give me that half rack bullshit. I'll eat the whole slab, baby. I'll eat the whole slab. <laughs> I'll eat it all. That's what I was, I was talking to you about. The we were driving past the Texan, yeah, the barbecue yeah, place, yeah. yeah, that place, and they don't do like. I don't know how they cook their ribs. I don't know if they steam them or whatever. It may not be traditional barbecue, but that place has been there for fucking 40 years for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's because their fucking barbecue sauces are delicious and mm-hmm. their ribs are the bomb.com. It's like old school Texas barbecue. Fair. Yeah, fair. but I love, I love ribs so much. What's yours? That's main dish. We'll do side dishes next. No, no, because I'm, I'm doing side dish. I'm what going it? with it. I'm going mac and cheese. I knew you were going to fucking say that. I don't that. know why. I, I was literally going through everything, and I'm like, 
I will also say I had I had Kraft mac and cheese tonight for dinner. I was actually going to call you and be like, Joe, dude, do you want me to make you some dinner since your <laughs> wife's not home? <laughs> As I've noted in the past and to anyone that will listen, it's like I don't know what happened to me, but like I've become completely dependent on my wife's cooking. I don't even want to cook, and I used to love cooking. But yeah, I still was do. A, you know what it was? I mean, Kraft mac and cheese is delicious. It is. It is. It it really yeah. is. And I it, don't care what kind of dog shit's no. in that box, dude. It tastes good. It, it it's a it's it's got good flavor and it fills you up. Can I tell you what's better though? And than it's Kraft? nostalgic. Yeah. What? Annie's. Annie's mac and cheese. Really? Yeah. They, 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 it, there's just like a, it's all natural and shit yeah. like that. I, I buy it for my kids. It's really good. Yeah. Now I I go base, I like I use the box recipe. Yeah. But I probably put way too much butter in there because like it says oh, you can sure. just add cheese and milk yeah but i throw the butter in there and melt it oh i do too oh dude that's like my like my my midday cheat meal like oh, once yeah. once every couple of weeks or once a month like if i make my kids mac and cheese for lunch like i'll give them both their big bowls of mac and cheese because my two boys can eat an stop entire... referring to my main form of sustenance as a cheat meal <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, this you know I have it every once a you know couple weeks. I thought you were gonna say like once a week. Why don't, I was I like, don't, why don't eat like I'm a bowl. trying to keep it at once a day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's real funny. <laughs> um, but like I'll make it for my boys. Which by the way, my two year old, my fucking four year old boy can mm-hmm. eat an entire box of mac and cheese oh, by hell themselves. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I could probably fucking do it too. But, oh, I'm sure um, you could. I was debating, do I do two? <laughs> Yes, um, but I, Annie's Annie's is good. I'll bring you a box. I bought a giant thing up at uh, Costco. They're they're yeah they're great. I I just when I was looking at, when I was thinking about barbecue, like I really do like ribs. Yeah, I like ribs, but sometimes I think, and I'm looking at every aspect of this. I'm looking at a cost it's a benefit policy. analysis, like because I'm looking, I'm like. You know, ribs are kind of expensive, and you're getting so much more bone than you are meat, like per rib, right? There's in like, there's so much discrepancy because it, it like is it Memphis dry rub? Is it like a normal barbecue sauce? Is it a spe- like? Did you use mustard as a binder? Yeah, yeah. Like there's there there's elements and and like I said, just a random uh, a a random dish. Okay, not someone's particular ribs or whatever. I was like, ribs are good. Um, ribs are good, but I just sometimes I think they're overhyped. I think they're overhyped. That's I'm going to leave it at that. I think ribs can be overhyped. Burgers, for sure, for sure they burgers, can burgers kind of upset my tummy. Yeah. Um, so I might have one, but like I can't max out on it. But something I can max out on, and I do feel bad because I'm like. <laughs> Like you're eating my daily caloric intake and in, in mac and cheese at one sitting. But like, I just, I think it's just so good. And it is. It, it complements everything. Have you ever gone to a restaurant and had mac and cheese and you're like, this is the best mac and cheese I've ever had? Yeah. Where? Pretty much everywhere. <laughs> That's the God's honest truth. I was at Bold American Fair in Algonquin. They have a really oh, yeah, good lobster mac and cheese. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, this is so good. Then my wife made it like two days later without the lobster. It was just shell. <laughs> like melted cheese and milk and everything or cream. Yeah. Butter. And I was like, oh, this is the best mac and cheese I've ever had. <laughs> and then I'm, today, oh, this is the best mac and cheese I've ever had. I can't cook. No, you idiot. Kraft just makes it so simple that not even you can screw it up. Gosh. <laughs> I know that yeah. You know And I think part what, of the reason I think part of the reason that ribs are my favorite is because like growing up I didn't get to eat ribs a lot because like they can be pricey. Yeah. Um and I'm one of seven children, so like affording ribs for ch- seven children, like <laughs> fuck off. Here, Kevin, you can have the leftover of this bone from the yeah. ribs. <laughs> Enjoy the marrow. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah. Uh, yeah, so what is your least favorite? Like the one, or or what do you think 
like people like and you're like how the fuck do they like it not even overhyped like ribs i get like i love ribs too i just think they're a little overhyped but what's the dish that people eat at barbecues and you just do not get it I'm, this is like my inner fatty coming out, but like I fucking love all food, dude. And like I'm trying to, th- I'm really, I'm really trying yeah. to think. Because at first I was thinking coleslaw, but then like I, if 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 it's made right, I fucking I can jam out on some coleslaw. Like I, I, I think coleslaw is made poorly so often. Yeah, that's the problem. Right, it becomes an issue. Yeah, and is it more mayo based? Is it vinegar? Like, yeah, what's the ba- like? I will say this. Also speaking, my inner. Fat kid and yeah. KFC has the best coleslaw. I fucking love KFC coleslaw. My mom used to go get that sometimes yeah. and just like order like two sides of KFC coleslaw and leave. Fuck yeah. And like Do you ever remember that like that loaded bowl from KFC? Where it's like mashed potatoes, no, like chicken I nuggets. I mean it looks good. But yeah, chicken nuggets is another thing that like I fucking love chicken nuggets. Yeah. Yeah, chicken nuggets. Are chicken, great. there's there's chicken chunks. They sell them at Costco in the big bag. It's like I think it's probably probably from Purdue or whatever, and it's like you know no antibiotics and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. But I'm telling you right now, dude, they're fucking great. If if it wasn't if it wasn't like 90 degrees outside today, I would have definitely preheated the oven to 425 and thrown in like 30 of them and eaten them all myself with like some Chick Fil A sauce. I here's my thing. I really like potato salad, oh, but yeah. at barbecues, I'm very reluctant. I almost rarely try them unless I'm really in a potato salad mood. Yeah. Because two things happen, right? We're waiting for all of the grilled stuff to happen or whatever, and mm-hmm. the potato salad has been sitting. So yeah. even if it was good, it's not as good. Right. Um, now I'm just thinking of Michael Scott bringing, <laughs> I think it was egg salad or whatever, yeah, to yeah, that yeah. dinner party, and then nothing gets it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think potato salad is something I don't get at barbecues because a, I think it's, it's a very tumultuous relationship with quality. Yeah. Like, is it good or is it not? Plus it's often sitting. So I'm, I can, I can be very passive on, on potato salad or egg salad or any of those salad. Really? The only time I'll eat potato salad is if my mom made it. My mom makes a fucking delicious potato salad. Right. If you know the potato salad in particular, like who made it and you're like, oh, I've had theirs and it's really good. But if I see like I'm at a barbecue and there's potato salad, I usually think twice and walk away. I will be honest. I usually think twice. Yeah. I go, oh, potato salad. I'm like, yeah. Really? Am I gonna do this? But I feel the same way about macaroni salad. You could fuck up macaroni salad. Absolutely. So easy. Yeah, like any of those salad, like that that aren't salads. It's you mm-hmm. know fatty salads. I guess you should say uh, you know like potato salad, egg salad, macaroni salad. It's mm-hmm. like there's no lettuce in here. Why are you calling it a salad? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all about terminology. If you call it a salad, then it's healthier for you. <laughs> Did you ever watch that guy on TikTok that does the, uh, he cooks dishes from like the 19, like the early oh, 1900s? yes, I have. Oh my gosh. I don't remember his name, but boy, is he hilarious. And boy, are some of the things they make real weird. Like there was definitely an issue with the economy at those times. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I saw one and it was like potato candy. Oh yeah. I saw him make a potato pie one time. Yeah. Nasty. Yeah. Everything just has like margarine and. Yeah. It's like, just take and, anything and, and cook lard. it. In, yeah. Cook it in some fatty substance and some sugar and you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Which we do now, but we choose a, a, a higher quality, quality ingredient. Like, hey, have some kale chips. You're yeah. still deep frying it and putting salt on it. Like, And then they're delish. Yeah. Well, I, I've I honestly never had kale I've chips. had some good ones in the past. My mom. That's my mom. My mom fucking hero yeah way to go cindy um <laughs> i got to see her it was lovely seeing her oh she's the best um but i do i was okay so you made me think of this when you're talking about like um like the way people used to cook and uh using better ingredients now do you ever does your does your mother ever say anything to you about like the ingredients that you buy for things because like when i do the cook like when i make a dish now for like holidays and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. bring it to my mom's house Mm -hmm. like i like 
when I'm taking care of other people, I like to use like good ingredients. I'm not talking about I spend a shit ton of money on them, but I'll buy the nicer ingredients. Yeah. Just because I'm a firm believer. It's just like making cocktails. Like there's an, a, you know, a degree that you can get to at which like you're using like a hundred dollar bottle of rye in mm-hmm. a Manhattan. And I just think that's fucking silly. Um, especially mm. when you can get like Rittenhouse rye for like fucking $19 and it's going to make a fantastic Manhattan. Um, well, and you're mixing ingredients. Unless you're drinking it pure, what's, I mean, there, I mean, don't but go there's $4 a, there's, there's, there's for a the level. bottle. Yeah. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like Kerrygold butter versus like fucking Land O'Lakes. Yeah, you were saying that. Kerrygold. Kerrygold butter. Kerrygold. Dude, that on a Bay's English muffin. A what? Bay's English muffin. B-A-Y-S. You can only find it in the refrigerated section of your local grocery store, kids. It is the bomb. So many nooks, so many grannies. And you put that fucking slab of Kerrygold butter. butter. Oh, I shouldn't be talking about Kerrygold. They're Irish. We're start, trying to be patriotic today. <laughs> Tillamook. I like Tillamook butter, too. It's the same thing. It's like a cultured butter. Huh. Um, that one's out of Minnesota, maybe. I don't know. Somewhere in the Americas. Um, is Land Lakes from Minnesota? It's got to be. Right? I mean, fucking Land Lakes, 10,000 Lakes, yeah. Minnesota. No, It's got to be. There's your homework for assignment for the evening. <laughs> I'll look it up while I'm watching more episodes of Crazy. <laughs> God, I'm gonna go watch a show with my wife and then play Resident Evil in the basement Ooh, in the dark, and then, get, and then get really scared. You I still, I'm, I'm not ashamed. Finish that game, I'm, dude. I, with what fucking time, man? Quit podcasting so much. No. <laughs> <laughs> Give the people what they want. Uh, I'm not ashamed to admit this. I told, I think I've told this story in the podcast before, or at least in an aftermath episode about how I used to be scared in my old basement growing up. Yeah, because I thought the witch from Robin Hood, the oh yeah, yeah the yeah, Kevin yeah. Costner one, yeah, lived under my stairs. Piece, yeah. Um, I still fucking sprint up the stairs from the basement, <laughs> like especially if I'm playing Resident Evil or some scary video game late at night. Yeah. Oh, dude, you better believe. Like TV's off, PlayStation's off. Yeah. I always leave the stair light on going upstairs. Yeah. Nah. Not ashamed to admit this at all. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I'll fucking, as soon as I flip that light off, pew, fucking beeline in that shit. Honest, probably like, oh, Kevin's done playing video games. I hear him pounding on the steps. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, and I said, what, I may be scared, scared of basement monsters, but I'm a patriotic motherfucker. I was and that's what this say, episode is about. I, do recall also saying like I was scared of the um, statuesque version of the Virgin Mary. Oh yeah, that you see in churches, yeah. right? Isn't that funny how church things are scary? Yeah. So I was recently, you know, at a funeral service. Um, ironically, not for my dad, um, and saw that statue, and I leaned over to Noel, and I'm like, "Dad used to chase me up the stairs." <laughs> She's like. Do not say those things in church right now. <laughs> okay. uh, I told you what I said to Anna last time. Her and I are both in a church together. Mm. Like, mm, well, I made it in and I'm not on fire, so that's a good sign. Yeah, oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> she hates when I say that. I think I text her. I had to like, I, I did a delivery for Blue Root at a church, and it was for like a memorial service. Oh man. And I yeah. think I said the same thing. Yeah. I was like, texted her. She's like, "How's everything going?" I was like, "Well, not on fire, so that's good." <laughs> I went, I went and dipped my hand in the holy water to do the cross or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, it didn't sizzle. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you made a sizzling noise. <laughs> Still got it. Oh, God. All right. Well, there's an hour. No way. Yeah. It's easy to talk about barbecue foods in the best country ever. Wow. Yeah. Who'd have thunk? Well, me. <laughs> Well, Brian and I are going to uh, clink our glasses to America. Here's to you, baby. You beautiful son of a bitch. Mm. With the most American drink you can drink. Bourbon. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Made in America. Given to uh, one of us by one of our listeners. Yeah. uh, Pete. Thanks, Pete. You're the man. Yeah. Oh, also a big thanks to all of our Patreon uh, subscribers. Um, Brian and I were able to save our Patreon dollars and we have a new microphone coming. Yeah, it'll be good. So we can start, uh, doing more, uh, more interviews of people and, and you know, whatever. Yeah. And you know, in, in the future too, again, guys, always let us know what you like to hear us talk about on the podcast, reach out to us, Facebook, uh, email, all that stuff, Texas, if you know us, um, and, uh, let us know what you want to, what you want us to 
discuss. Yeah. And hey, let us know if you want to fucking be on the podcast. Yeah. We'll let you on. We can do it via Skype, Zoom. <laughs> you can come on Squadcast. by. Squadcast it, yeah. Well, like America, do good, be great. Love you. Love you guys. I can see you now with a party at. We the ones that he just let into the back. We the misfits. How you gonna react? We insomniacs. We ain't get no sleep. Break the rules. Can't stay on beat. Making moves. Running through the streets. A to Z. Follow my lead. Ain't the status quo. This is rock and roll. This is skydive yelling out. Ronimo. This is bye bye ta ta audio. This is all or nothing. This is all I know. This that I don't know. We try and go. I don't even know. I'm just trying to roll. Me and my friends trying to hit the